Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 101. Triple digits, and we're getting after it. And I, I need to say this. I'm going to have to correct my intro line there. We are, uh, I, of course, am your host, Rex Simmermaker, but we are adding to the show. Adding to the show, I'd like to introduce you to you now, J.P. Miller. J.P. is going to co-host this show. We're going to do something we have never done before. JP, what is happening, my man? What's going on, Rex? And what's going on, Fast Bracket Nation? Yeah, man. Like, um, we're we're doing it new, but I, I like it. It's uh, I of course am here in Indianapolis. JP, remind everybody you were you were on um show or episode number sixty three. So for those of you who did not listen to episode number sixty three, stop right now, go back, check that out. So you know a little bit of background of JP's history. Um but uh JP tell our listeners exactly where you're located right because we've got the East Coast branch of the Fast Brackets podcast today. Yes, I am located in uh beautiful rural Virginia. I like it. I like it. Um, and of course, you um, you run uh, Miller Performance. You're um, half of J and R Promotions, which runs a lot of, uh, of quick sixteen and top sportsman type events. And then, of course, man, you are the driver of uh, what I consider the second best uh, race car of all time, which is. Number one, of course, is the 67 first-gen Camaro, but uh, really close is that uh, 90s Beretta that you operate, which is bad, in my opinion. Thank you. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, we, we, we got our hands on a lot of things. I try to try to stay busy. So, like I said, we're doing <laughs> it. I do the mill performance thing and also help a, help a friend of mine out with his repair shop and um, – also the promotion thing and then when i find time between all of that i try to go racing when i can right right and um and you you've been shaking that thing down and and just got back from the pdra event um as well right and and good outing for you yeah uh great outing for the first time out with the car um got it qualified uh made some new ground um quickest basically quickest pass it ever made uh with 
a lot less nitrous, so the, the changes that we made engine-wise this year seem to be working. So we got a few small things we need to work out, but we're getting there. We are getting there. Gaining on it, right? Made made some yeah. productive steps. Yeah. No, I know you've been oh, working yeah. hard on that machine, man. I'm, I'm happy that it uh, is coming around for you. Really happy. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I um, I will do a little work on that intro statement. I mean, I did a first 100 episodes by myself, obviously. And um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to talk about the East Coast capital of the world um, for the Fast Brackets podcast a little bit. Um, but JP, we've got two great guests for our listeners this week. We've got, first of all, Kellen Farmer. Kellen was on episode number one. Like he was on the very first guest ever. And he's coming back for episode number 101, which I think is uh, awesome. I'm excited to have him back on. And then uh, Jay Warren. And Jay Warren's coming on, uh, or the NC Pro Modder, as a lot of guys know him. Yeah. Yeah, really good guy. Um, Been around drag racing for a long time and uh, kind of doing this. uh, doing his live feed type of deal um really good guy really good at what he does and really passionate about the sport so um, With a lot, lot of lot of windshield time he, jay travels he's he's pretty much at a race almost every weekend so, we we like those guys we like guys that are uh have the same addiction that we do which is drag racing so um it'd be fun to talk with him and excited to have him on but uh Guys, girls, we have a great episode for you, um, and we've got a surprise guest as well. So I cannot wait to get these guys on and talk some uh, top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. So get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on that old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Guys, girls, this week we've got some issues to deal with. Do we not, JP? Do we have some issues? Yes, we do. Man. Um, a lot of issues. Like they, the guys and girls out there, I mean, they're, they got above and beyond the average hurdle that we're uh, we're working with. I mean... If you know, we know that going into a race, it's tough, right? I mean, we know that we've got the other competitors we got to deal with, but man, there's a lot of action out there that um, that we have to deal with that we just haven't had to deal with in a while. At least it feels that way to me. Yeah, um, it's been. I mean, here lately, uh, weather has been brutal. Um, I don't, I don't remember racing in in, in these type of temperatures in the last couple of years. So it's it's definitely been. It's definitely a challenge um, when the hot weather comes, and you know it's always bad on everybody. And, and you hope everybody stays hydrated and you know can stay focused because it's, it's just it's just tough racing in those conditions. Um, so yeah, I, I commend the guys that do it week in and week out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, I, I think I've told this story before, but you know, um, I, it's always been kind of a um, hot button issue for me because my dad had uh, real issues running. You know, he had a um, heat stroke running um, at, uh, uh, it was 
divisional at Gateway, he was running super gas, had, had an issue in the car and um, really sparked a handful of other health issues after that. So it really has always been kind of something I've had in my mind that is, you know, uh, something you got to really pay attention to. And I hope nobody else out there has any issues. But I mean, there is a thing, right? We what I think track temperatures were 140 degrees over this past weekend, a lot of places. And um, we know putting on the, the fire suits and all that stuff can, I mean, really jack your temperature up. And man, this time of year, this time of year, what are we going to do? It's just the only thing you can do is try to stay hydrated. And uh, once you get back out of the car, try to keep yourself cooled off and, and, and drink plenty of drink plenty of water, drink plenty of Gatorade or whatever you like. And, and you know, just, just keep yourself Keep yourself cool. Uh, one thing I will say at PDRA, they, they did a really good job of they had coolers in the staging lane, so they had plenty of water. Um, that thing, they had a cooler at the front of the staging lanes, a cooler at the back of the staging lanes, so you could, and they kept it stocked. So if you were in the staging lanes waiting to run, you, you know, you could grab your cold bottle of water and cool yourself down a little bit, as much as you can before you get in the car. But it, it's good to, it, it's good to have tracks that do things like that. Uh, I think some other tracks do it as well. Um, and just, just a note to, any tracks or promoters that's listening when it's hot like this, it's a good idea to just kind of stock up on some water and, and, and keep it around for the races just to make sure they're staying hydrated because what you don't want is to have an incident with somebody getting overheated. Man, that's such a great point. I mean, that really is. And, I, and I'm like you. I've heard other uh, tracks and associations do that as well. And you kind of have to this time of year, I think. Um, you know, it, man, it is just uh, – it's just so hot. Now, the good news is, I guess there's a lot of research that says that going in, you know, using the sauna is uh, is good for your, your health. And so yeah. maybe maybe we can use that as, uh, you know, like a, it, essentially it's a sauna, sauna trip if we're getting in the car and sweating a lot like that. Absolutely. Uh, personally, I could stand and lose a few pounds. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> join the crowd. I packed it on over the window. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, it is one of those things where you go, well, um, you know, if, if you're going to lose a few, uh, this is the time of year to do it, right? Because it is tougher during the winter. I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was hot. I mean, it, it's been really hot. and. Hopefully that cools off. We've probably got another month or so of this, and then uh, hopefully it starts coming back to us a little bit. But uh, stay cool out there. Um, man, the other thing that's really been kind of an issue, obviously we know fuel prices have been, you know, especially diesel has just racked that thing up. And I don't I don't think anybody's ever said racing is cheap, but, man, right now it is rough with the diesel fuel prices. It, it is definitely It is definitely having an effect on – where people are going and where they are choosing to race this season. Um, I've heard numerous racers say at um, every event that I've been to, the couple events I put on this year, and then just being at the track in general, I've had I've had numerous racers say that they are uh, they are really watching where they're going and kind of picking better picking events that are more tailored to what they want to do closer to home, uh, just because dealing with the field prices. Yeah, um, because it's like you said, it's outrageous. Yeah, it's a, it is, and especially I think uh, kind of coming this time of year, if you haven't uh, made a move early in the year with points, if if you know that if you were going to chase points early in the year, if you haven't done that, if there's something specific on your schedule, 
Um, you probably don't do um, just any random races, right? You go, man, it's not on the schedule, so I'm not doing it. And and uh, that that's rough for promoters. I mean, you get that. You've been in the promoter seat. You are in the promoter seat, and you get that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally understand. Um, so in a way, it's kind of beneficial to me because just where most of my events are located, um, it's kind of closer for people as opposed to going, you know, somewhere further that they might have been going before. And then they see this, you know, they see one of my events and they're like, well, this is a whole lot closer and it's you know, oh. kind of the same payout deal. So, um but you know it's tough out here for anybody to, even to go even to go a couple hours because you, you, you kind of gotta i don't think i don't think a lot of people are going as frequently as they as they would um before fuel prices kind of you know raising and, and and then with the rise of fuel prices the rise the cost of everything automatically goes up so it's not just fuel it's food it's 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 parts it's tires it's you know etc on and on and on um so it, it's really tough out here to to find that you know what you would call extra income to do the stuff that we love to do. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, what's maybe this time a year and this, this year specifically is kind of making people really do the math, right? Because if it maybe is going to rain or if you're, um, you know, if, if you're really counting passes on the rods or whatever it might be, now you're going, okay, do do I do that extra stuff because I want to have plenty of parts down the stretch uh, if right. I can make a run and, you know, I don't want to make a trip someplace where it rains. I mean, I've, what I have noticed is some associations canceling events pretty early just from the standpoint that they're like, it, it looks like rain and, you know, we can't have people traveling and then call it once they get here because just with fuel prices, it's a little rough. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I've I've had racers tell me that I've had a racer tell me that right now he's like anything over thirty percent, and and I'm pretty much staying home. Yeah. <laughs> and when yeah. you know normally thirty percent wouldn't be anything, you'd be like, ah, you know, we'll go. But it's it, it it's it's tough. And, and 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 even with the tracks and the promoters, when they see a chance and they think it's they're like, ah, we're gonna shut it down. I mean, and, and they shut it down early, and it's good in a way because it keeps people off the road but you know and, and saves people some money but then it, on, on the chance that it doesn't rain then it's like well you had a chance to get an event done and you didn't do it so it's kind of a double-edged sword it's hard to it's hard to uh hard to navigate that definitely um i've also seen some racers change their schedule from where they were going to just flat out tell me like I, it's just not worth it for the to tow all the way out there for this with, with the field being what it is right I can understand that. Well, what I I do know, and this is this is the only thing I don't like with uh, promoters or or any series cancel an event, and like let's let's give Tyler Crossno and the PDRA guys credit because they got rain and worked their butts off to get that that event in. Right? They they said, hey, they we, got we've got issues, but we are going to solve them. A ton of rain. It rained every day. Um, I got there on Wednesday. It rained a little bit. Thursday, we got testing in, and then it rained Thursday night. Friday, one session, and then it rained buckets. Saturday, one more session, and then it rained buckets. Uh, Sunday, they got a lot of the race in, and then, it, well, I think they were going into second or third round as I was leaving, 
and it was starting to rain as I was pulling out of the gate. Yeah, so and I mean, they got it done. I mean, they worked the tails off. You, you got to take the hand off to them because they there's there's no quitting that guy. Um, obviously, and his crew is is the same way. So yeah, I I, I definitely uh, hats off to Tyler uh, for getting it done. Right. I mean, like we said, he could have canceled. And I guess to to my point, the only thing I don't like about canceling as early is people get in habits. They get in habits really quick, either good ones or bad ones. And when you get in a habit of not going, it's easier to stay uh, not going. Right. Like yeah. that's that that's the habit you can get in is just not going. And so we obviously we don't want that as a sport. So no, we definitely don't want to see that. All right, uh, last last question I have for you. Um, yes or no, there's going to be enough glue to finish the season for all these tracks out there? Uh, I don't know. I think um, I think if, if you're a smart track owner or, or association that got out ahead of it and you stocked up for some of the smaller some of the smaller tracks, I don't know. Um, there's definitely a lot of talk about there's not going to be glue. I mean, you know, everybody wants a, a, a great track, but, you know, at a point, might have to get back to you know, tuning our cars to the track. I think we've kind of gotten away from it. Everybody's been spoiled for killer track prep, you know, that we've been having for the past, I don't know how many years, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to take what the track gives you and make the best of it. Right. Yeah. No, I think uh, we'll we'll have to talk about this uh, no tre- no prep uh, action later as we as we go on through the rest of the year. All right, let's put this thing in the beams. Presented by Afco Racing Products. On with us now is a guy who was the very first ever guest on the Fast Brackets podcast. So he was on episode number one. If you have not listened to episode number one, you got to go back. You got to go back and check that out and listen to my man, Kellen Farmer. He was your 2019 elite top dragster world champion in the PDRA. And he was the very first guest ever. I am so happy to have him back. Kellen, welcome back, my man. What's up, Rex? It's good to be back, man. And my head's still big from that championship. Don't think it's gotten any smaller. <laughs> I expect <laughs> nothing less. Expect nothing less. Uh, now, you you had that fantastic run and then came on, and, and we had a great conversation about that, man, back in the day to get oh, this yeah. whole thing, get, get it going. Oh, yeah, man. It was that was a wild year, man. A wild year. That was probably one of the craziest years of my life. <laughs> Wrecking a race car, winning a championship. You know, my first year ever even running three nineties. <laughs> so it was, and it was a wild time. A lot what, of fun. <laughs> what was it? What was the jump? Like you, you mentioned you were going three nineties. What, what were you running before then? A four seventy bracket car. Okay, so you oh, wow. you picked it up. Yeah. I mean, and a lot yeah. heavy walk, walk yeah, everybody yeah. through that. I mean, because that jump is pretty significant and I, I know, you know, people have done it. That's not uh but, but walk people through the difference well, between running four seventies and three nineties. 
Well, with me, man, I'm, you know, I drive for race tech. Obviously I've, I've got some of the best stuff because of the company I'm with. So that 470s car was literally, I feel like you could let go of the button, hold your eyes closed, count to four, open them and get on the brakes. You know, it just, it drove itself. It was like a monkey could drop it. And then, uh, we, we actually got Travis Hart. We built this top drag. So we decided we were going to uh, go and run. We were actually planning on running an HRA top drag, but just, we just went out and decided to hit the PDRA first. And I won the first race in the PDRA, but, and that's why we chased it. But, uh, we, I'll never forget going testing for the first time in that, uh, in that nitrous car. And it, you know, it was a brand new car just getting just getting out on the track and uh travis harvey actually he he took it just two hits before i did just to make sure you know everything was safe and he never made a full pass or anything we didn't even get the tune up down in two hits and he had to leave and hit it go to his son's basketball game so then it was just time time to get in the seat you know and uh i'll never forget letting go of the button the first time in that thing and the wheels shot up in the air it was on the wheelie bar and my head was against the, the headrest and <laughs> it started just running right for the cones you know and i got i sat it back down got it under control i probably stayed in it just a little bit longer than i should have but i got it under control and ever since then i was like man this is this is real power now <laughs> so i was really it it you know i kept making those hits and kept making those hits and man and then finally, when you when we finally made a full a full pull to, to the finish line, at, I think I was running 186 at the time, 186 miles an hour. We were at Piedmont Dragway. Oh my God! Went we went through the scoreboards. <laughs> I pulled I pulled only one shoot. I just remember it wasn't slowing down in time, so I pulled the other one and I I made it just before I, I coasted right off the end of the racetrack. I made I managed to make the turn off. And I felt like I was shaking, man. It was it was a wild experience. It it was so much different than that bracket car. In fact, now I go back and I drive the bracket car, and it feels like going and driving a junior dragster. Now, you know, I get in there, I let go of the button, and a lot of times I'll start reaching over because I feel like the car's not going to shift because you know the other car shifts in like it's like a second, 1.3 seconds or something, where my bracket dragster is like 2.5 seconds. Uh, it feels like a lifetime before it shifts. It's just it's it really is two different worlds. It, there's like it's it's not the same. Like you are dealing with tire shake, tire spin, tune ups, track track conditions, way more. Like my bracket car, I I tell people that's like that's like a Cadillac. I can take that to any racetrack and just know it's going down. You know, it, it's going down. That's right. not the same thing whenever you're whenever you're really putting some power down. And I learned that very quick. <laughs> I I think. Uh, that's uh, and JP, maybe you have the same uh, experience, but I'm, I remember the first time I got my dad's car, and it was, you know, it was a low nine second car, but it was the first time I really, and I watched that car go down the track hundreds of times, right, hundreds of times. I should have known, but when you let go of that thing, and all you see, you know, you can't see the scoreboards anymore. It's just sky. Like it's a it's a different yeah. feeling, right? And JP probably yeah. had a similar thing. You're like, wait a second. Oh, yeah. Somebody should have told me about this. Yeah, um, yeah. 
for me, it's like a, it's like being. I call it. Uh, for me, it's like a, I call it not being not being caught up with the car yet. Like it, 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 it takes a while to get you. You know, like right now, even with my yeah. car, and I'm not going anywhere near four three seventies, but it, it, it's like I'm still behind the car. It's, it's, it's going to yeah. take me passes to get caught up with the yeah, car. Yeah, like, there's like, a lot of truth in that. Yeah. yeah, that there's a lot of truth in that, man. Because now, now that I have ex- some experience and I've been doing this for a few years, now it's like everything's slowed back down again. You know, I, I, even though I'm in this fast drag, so I'm running 370s now, it's still like I'm able to bracket race and and you know turn my head and feel comfortable and uh, you know it's uh, like you said, I'm caught up with the car now. I feel like you know I'm I'm comfortable. <laughs> How many passes do you think it took you to, to get there? Uh, whew. Um, I'll be honest. It, I mean, I was doing what I had to do to win, you know, my first race out. I was, you know, looking over and trying to drive the stripe. That doesn't necessarily mean I was comfortable doing it. Right. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say it probably took me, whew, I'd say at least like 30 passes. It yeah. took a, it took a while to really get where you were just confident, and I mean, and then I got shooken up because uh, like right when I was really getting confident in the car, really starting to trust it, which was right in the middle of my championship year, and uh, then I wrecked it, and I had to get into a whole nother car, and I was I was really shook then. So yeah. that was anyway. the turbo car, yeah. Is that right? That was the turbo yeah, car. Yeah, that was the twin turbo that? car. Yes, yes, and that was. That, I, I know I talked about this on uh, the podcast when I came on the first time, but yeah, that was a different animal because, well, we borrowed the car from still under it. Just a brief synapse of how it went down. We borrowed the car from Phil under it. He was running in, in NHRA, and so he was. He just had to go 610, and he was running 407 to the 8th and going 610. So. Yep. We had 407 wasn't going to make it. <laughs> so we had right. to, we put a different rear end in it. We put a 410 rear end in it instead of 373. We were really trying to get after that 60 foot. And if y'all, if anybody knows anything about turbo cars, if you try and get after that 60 foot, you're getting in trouble at 200. <laughs> 200 feet, you are getting in trouble. So it, man, every pass whenever we were trying to break that car in, 200 feet out, that thing, it was just wanting to go to the wall. It was, it and after just wrecking a car, I literally it was like two weeks after I wrecked that car. I'm back in this back in this thing, and <laughs> I I literally man, I whew, it was all I could do to keep getting in the seat of that thing and going down the track. It really was. That was that was one of the hardest things I ever I've probably ever done in my life. I think was just and I probably wouldn't have done it if I wasn't sitting number one for the championship. I just wanted that championship so bad. It just right. didn't matter. I was, I was doing it, you know? <laughs> I was getting in that seat no matter what. Well, it's, man, it is, yeah, it was, uh, it is interesting with those turbos. It, it would, yeah, man, it would leave, it'd get past the 60, and the tires were like, like probably 90 feet out to 100 feet out. The tires would just start shaking so violently. And you know, I, I'd hold on to it until you know it made a move because sometimes it would it would kind of shift and check the shake, and when it shifted and checked the shake, that was like the flip of the coin. It was either going to the wall or it, we were going down. So, That's really you know, I just, interesting. It, I just kind of yeah, I had to I had to just kind of keep riding that and, and 
figure it out until, you know, my dad was tuning it, uh, Russ Farmer, yeah. and until he really got it figured out and really, you know, caught us, you know, getting down and making some good times. We ended up getting that thing down going to 385. I think 384 was actually our fastest pass with it while we had it. We only had it for uh, two races, and we tested quite a bit. But That's moving, man. Yeah. Well, I, I did talk yeah. with a guy. I did I did talk with a guy recently who runs uh, radial stuff at a high, high level, and he moved from the turbos to a pro charger setup. And I don't know, maybe it's Vortec yeah. or something like I don't know, but it's a pro charger type setup. And I asked him why and he uh-huh. said he, he said we, we couldn't control it. He said and I you know, it was it there makes so much power on the top end, there's really not a lot of control. I mean, you're out of control. Yeah. You just hope that yeah. you cross the finish line before before you hit the wall, which is <laughs> I thought pretty bizarre, <laughs> you know, because those guys are trying to go they you know, they want as much power as they can. And he, he was like it's not controllable. It's so much, which Man, I, it, it really is. And, and that's a whole nother aspect too, is because of that, that turbo car, I mean, I was running a 385 at 193 or 194. I'm running 370 at 193 right now. You know, that's how much power it's making at the top end. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really hard to drive the finish line with a car like that. It just is. <laughs> right, you're head right. to the seat. You know what I mean? You're trying to bracket race. You're still bracket racing. Right. You know? <laughs> right. It, it's hard. Yeah, so you've gotten what, away what from – or go ahead, JP. I'm sorry. What, what would you say you prefer, Kellen? Uh, I, you've been in all three, so what would you prefer, nitrous, turbo, or the, uh, supercharger? Well, man <laughs> – the best way I can say this is my first race out with that nitrous car, I came away a winner. My first race out with the Pro Charger car, I runnered up. So I'm going to tell you that really that really speaks what I feel about it. I mean, I love the Pro Charger car, and I really like do. I, I really think it has the potential, and it is consistent, but it's not as consistent as nitrous is. Nitrous is more consistent for bracket racing, for sure. I, 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 I just I just know it. But the Let problem with nitrous that. now is the the problem with nitrous though, especially in PDRA and the elite top dragster class, is man, we go to Norwalk and I mean if you can't if you can't light a scoreboard up with an eighty three, you might get bumped out. Right. You know, and uh, that nitrous car, I mean, I, I, there's no way I could have done that. Not, not with what I had. I would have had to have went to a five-inch motor or something, you know. We would have had to really sunk some money in. And whenever you start talking economically, man, it just it just didn't make sense. So that's why we switched to the Pro Charger. Absolutely. So that's really what it all comes down to. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in nitrous as far as consistency goes. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and I know you've been working hard on your your new combo. You've you've um, done some fuel injection stuff. Chain, talk to us about what what's been happening lately with your program. Well, <laughs> my program this year is kind of uh, took a dump on me. It, it we haven't had a great year as far as racing goes. Um, we. Switched, we decided to make the switch to uh, fuel injection, EFI, which my Pro Charger car was originally supposed to be on EFI, but we didn't get the intake till a week before the Galat race. So we we weren't able, we just kept it, you know, as the blow-through setup. 
2021. So over the winter, we rewired the entire car. We stripped all the wiring out. We put uh, the brand new Nexus, I think it's the 5, the Nexus 5 uh, from Haltech. Um, got the new Nexus display in there, new switches, um, running running the EFI stuff, man. And, and honestly, like the things you can do with the Nexus stuff, I mean, it, there is undoubtedly an advantage to that. Now, we haven't got to that point yet. We're still learning. But, uh, it, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem with the blow-through carburetor deal that I've learned is you can't make all the cylinders happy. You've got your outside cylinders. You know, it, you can't make the fuel ratio mm. between the outside and the inside cylinders happy. And that's that's really what we've learned. So we know we can pick up some mile an hour by by being able to adjust the fuel ratios on each cylinder individually using the FI. And, uh, we really, we really had a lot of high hopes for that. Well, we went out to the first race at, uh, Galat this year and we, <laughs> we've been so busy at the shop that we just, we thrashed trying to just make it to that race, trying to get everything we had to get done on that car. Cause it turned out to be a lot more work than, uh, what we anticipated like it all normally does, you know, and uh, we let's let me think here. So we went out, and I just remember it was, it was like it was stuck on a six thousand rev limiter. <laughs> so our first time out, we were testing at Galat for the first time with it, and it felt like it was on a six thousand rev limiter. I couldn't do a burnout. I couldn't even launch it hardly. It left like a dump truck. We couldn't figure it out all the all the first day of testing. We followed that, and then we learned that it was had something to do with the current to the injectors. So we switched injectors. We got these specialty injectors that we got from Jason Lee, something he uses. I'm really not, I'm really not even sure uh, what the difference was between them, but Russ knows and Patrick Barnhill knows he helped us out with this. Right. And uh, we put them in and it, it let us go up. You know, we were able to do the burnout, <laughs> you know? So we were like, Oh, there it is. We're, we got it fixed. And then we went out and man, it's still the car didn't shift, and I shifted it, and it went like a 420. And then we come back, we fix the shifting thing. Then it goes down, and it shifts, and it goes up a 445. And we're like, what? You know, it, it it was all over the place. It was just not even. It wasn't even a race car. I mean, it just there was no telling what it was going to do. So we took it to the dyno, uh, Dave Mundy's shop. He actually. Uh, he was nice enough to let us rent out his dyno and he helped us out. He was honestly, Dave Mundy was a great guy. Uh, you know, he treated us like family the whole time we were there. He actually stayed late with us to make sure, you know, we got everything set and everything. Mm -hmm. And we, we figured out what the problem was. We had a lot of loose connections in the wiring. Um, we had a lot of loose connections. So we, we had to rewire a bunch of stuff while we were there. And we finally made some clean hits on the dyno. The car was doing exactly what it was supposed to do. You know, we finally got the tune-up set in it. And then the last hit, or maybe it was the last hit, and maybe it was before the last hit, I'm not sure. But uh, we we kind of tell we heard something based off the graph. So whenever we got the car back, we dropped the pan. And sure enough, we spun a main bearing. And so <laughs> that put a halt on all of my racing endeavors pretty of much for the year unless I can get this motor back in time to hit some of these last races. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. My motor's in the shop and we're waiting on it to come back and 
hopefully I could hit, I'd really like to hit the last two races, the Galat race and the VMP finals. I really would love to hit those just to get the date on the car right before next year, you know? So, cause next year, I mean, I really do want another championship. Well, it on does, my mind, for sure, 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and it does seem like that's the thing with fuel injection, right? It technically, it does give you more levers to pull, but yeah. um, in the meantime, getting to those levers, you can have some headaches, right? It's, uh, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. We, it's a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole lot. It's a big learning curve, you know. Yeah, it no, really that, is. But. That makes sense. But in the meantime, I think you've been, I mean, just from kind of watching some of the Facebook posts and stuff like that, I mean, you guys are busy in the shop, right? I mean, the race tech shop Probably. is busy. Yeah, we are very busy and we can't find good help. So if anybody out there is looking for a, a sheet metal job, has welding skills, anything, and you want to work on race cars, give us a call, <laughs> please. I'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, we are we're slammed. It's hard to find good help. It's 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 a good problem, but at the same time, it, it provides a whole lot of stress. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yeah, we've got a lot going on. A lot of cars being built. Um, I think last year we cleared about forty cars, so wow. that was pretty good. Wow. Um, this year we're looking we're looking right around. I don't know. I'd expect around thirty-five ish. So I mean, things are things are rocking and rolling. And and I always assume that you do mostly dragsters. Is that right? I mean, uh, I I guess yeah, yeah. I, dragsters is our bread and butter. But I mean, we've built top sportsman cars. We've built pro mods. I mean, we've pretty much built every style drag chassis there is. You know, uh, uh, Phil Andrews twin turbo vet we built they won the heartland nationals best engineering award mm -hmm. uh probably two years ago um that was a bad we, boy nope. i mean we really were we're all over the place man what, whatever anybody needs we we got we can do it we can do it just as good as anybody else if not better and i'd even say better <laughs> yeah um i know I, I know you build all kinds of race cars i um you know, I have already put in my petition to stop the roadster builds that you've um, you've put out, and I don't I don't know how that how that petition is gone, but uh, I want to just check in on that that petition that I've filed. Well, man, if the money's coming in for roadster builds, I can promise you we'll build roadsters. All right, well, I can guarantee it. Do you do um? Do you do upgrades like as far as to existing cars? Like if somebody wanted to come in and change, like say they wanted to change four-link brackets or something like that, you guys do any do, you do any of that stuff? Or? Oh yeah, we uh, I mean, pretty much all the bracket racers they know to bring their cars to us if they have any sort of issue. Um, we'll we can set up set up anything, change anything. You know, we back half cars, front half cars. Um, you know, yeah, we we do all of that. Yeah. It's just all the typical chassis shop stuff, man. <laughs> right, right. And and you're are you struggling with getting parts um, specifically? Are you guys? Are you guys uh, feel like you've got a control well, on on the parts coming in? It's it's under control, but it's not how we'd like it to be. So 
for instance, we are able to get parts. We are able to get what we need to get these cars out the door, but that's not necessarily saying that we're getting them in the timeliest manner. So, you know, a lot of our customers, thank God I've got some of the greatest customers in the business, I think, because they've all been very patient. They're all, they've all been very understanding on things, you know, things that used to take, you know, three weeks to come in are taking three months now. So yeah. it's, we're just having to play, play the ball as how it's coming to us. You know, it's just, but we are able to get everything. It, you know, it might be on the shelf. It might not. It, it, it just, it's very, it's, it's a weird deal going on right now. You know, like two months ago, we couldn't get radiators. Now I've got an overstock of radiators. You know, <laughs> it's like now I'm looking for fire, carbon firewalls and, you know, I'm struggling to get carbon firewalls, you know, and I'm looking for windshields right now where two months ago I had plenty of windshields, you know, right. So it's just, it's, it's it's all over the board. You never know what we're gonna what we can't get until we we hit the speed bump. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it makes perfect I think sense. Everybody's having the same issue that you're having, like as far as finding help and finding good help, I should say, finding help. Yeah. Yeah. Actually work. I think that's what's I think that's what's going on across the country. Yeah, I really do too. I mean, I'm a I'm a millennial myself. But, you know, I'm a little disappointed in my generation, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> For the most part, they just, it's hard to, it's hard to get like people around my age. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know, I know some go-getters that are my age as well, but I know a whole lot of people that aren't doing anything, you know? It's just. Yeah, your, your, your generation is built different. I, I'll say that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. But I, I know. Luckily, you, I'm not. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't afford to i mean like you you've got a race car to run and a shop to keep moving and i know you guys take a lot of a lot of pride in your parts department too um yeah how is that how's that side of the business well our parts department just to let everyone know out there if you are struggling finding parts i got a we've got a new parts man who's supposed to be starting pretty soon um but we we keep a full shelf stock of pretty much what you need unless, you know, it's one of those items that we're just waiting on, which we will be able to get, I can assure you. But check it, check our website out, racetechracecars.com. And if you ever need anything and you don't want to go through the website, or e- even if you don't see it on the website, that doesn't necessarily mean we don't have it. So give us a call, 336-538-4941. If it's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, I can guarantee we'll pick up the phone. You know, yeah. we've got a receptionist always on staff, and we would love to have your business. So just keep this in mind, you know, if you call up Jags and they don't have what you're looking for or you can't get a hold of them or in any anywhere, you know, uh, get, try, give us a try, man. Just give us a try. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great point. I mean, it is a great point, um, and, and I know you guys are working really hard making sure that – you know your response times are quick, and that you've got all the parts. So, uh, so yeah, definitely. Um, and this is the type of year, man. This is the time of year where, um, you know, getting a part it can make or break it, especially if you're running for a, a series championship. So, um, yeah, yeah, appreciate appreciate you taking I'm over the time. The hard way, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're 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 one of those run for championship guys uh obviously it worked you got it done in 2019 
And, uh, man, we're going to be rooting for you again uh, next year as well. Well, thanks, man. I could, I'll, I'll use all the cheering on I can have, man. I, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> the way my years have been going racing, I mean, shoot, I, if I can just, you know, hit every race and be consistent, you know, I really think I've got a good shot. I, I, you know, I put I put my setup and myself against any, any of my competitors out there, you know. I'm, I'll run any of them. It don't matter. Yeah, no, it <laughs> makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Have you been able to do any racing as far like have you have you been able to jump in the bracket car and do anything, or you just been? So I actually sold. I went to the fling with my bracket car, um, and I actually sold a turnkey at the fling. So I've been out of a race car now for a couple months, but I just bought a bracket car since my I'm building a new one, but it's you know behind several customers. I probably won't see it until maybe around December. You know, because it's just we just put it at the back of the line whenever we've got a new house car to build, and uh, right. So I bought, to, I bought a used dragster. I plan on getting it out. Do what? Nobody offered, nobody offered you a car to go bracket racing or nothing. Oh, I probably could have gotten a seat with somebody, but I've been so busy at the shop. It just, I just, I'll be honest, I haven't even like really pursued it. I've been very I focused got, on got, just getting these cars to. I know somebody but out there would love to have you. I did. <laughs> But I did start missing it probably about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. So we found a car. We bought a car. Um, I'm, I'm just doing making some minor changes on it right now, and I'll be back racing it probably. Uh, shoot, I'm hoping this weekend I might hit a race with it, but it might be the next weekend. We'll see. We'll see how much I can get done on it. I like <laughs> so, it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be out there. I'll be racing. I'll be trying to hit some money races, see what I can do. Get, at least get some, some more seat time. I don't want to get out of practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Kellen, thanks for coming back on episode number one and now 101. You kind of bookend it for us. Uh, really appreciate you doing that. And, and, uh, man, I feel special, man. You should. Yeah. <laughs> one and 101. I like it. I like it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, go get them and uh, keep us posted. Holler back when, uh, when you get that thing back out on the track and uh, has some has some good passes to report on. Yeah, I'll give you a call back when I'm 2023 world champion. How about that? Calling his <laughs> shot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Calling the shot. I love it. I love it. Uh, Kellen, thanks for coming uh, on. And, uh, yeah, go get them. Guys, girls, that is your 2019 elite top dragster and – Potentially the 2023 elite top dragster world champion, Kellen Farmer. All right, as we hit the half track report presented by dragracelawyer.com, we're going to change it up a little bit. As you know, for the first 100 episodes, we gave a breakdown of the data, what transpired in all the main events over the weekend, and we've done that, I think, pretty well in that I've tried very hard to give our listeners an ability to understand the speeds and and the timing that it takes to uh, make these cars, you know, qualify, what, what it means to get in the show and what it ultimately takes to win an event but we're going to change it up for the next 100 episodes 
and we're going to change the the programming just a little bit to do essentially a race of the week and how we want it type of a scenario and uh, so we're going to pick a race of the week and um, hopefully get the winners on to that event and just kind of talk through the weekend a little bit and here with us now is the winner of the elite top sportsman event from the PDRA of uh, summer shootout here most recently, Bruce Thrift. Bruce, how are you today, my man? I'm doing good, bud. Hey, I appreciate you coming back on. For our listeners, if you have not listened to episode number 88, you want to do that right now. You want to hit stop. You want to go back to episode number 88 so you can get a feel for Bruce. He was fantastic on that episode. And he got the win this past weekend. And uh, Bruce, just just start us off about um, how you were feeling. I mean, you've been working on your your program for a while. To you, you made that change. You've been working on your program. How'd you feel about pulling in, uh, you know, to Virginia this past weekend at the PDRA event? Well, we've been working on some issues. I'd bought a a used motor, and you know. Uh, had to kind of had a few issues with it and it took a while to figure it out last year was just a nightmare and uh we finally got a handle on it and and last race it, we went out and tested and all and when i left the house going to virginia i was on a mission you, you felt good then you felt like you had the kind of the car where you wanted it at least to compete yes sir uh like i say we unloaded like I say, and i had a a total new crew, which got me more involved with the car and, you know, paying a lot more attention. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that he does round track is what he does. And I was worried to death. He was going to try to put some stagger in the car, <laughs> but, uh, we got that worked out. We went out first run and went 94 and, and it, uh, the old car, it was on the screen. Track temperature got up to uh, 136 degrees and, it's still right down Broadway. Yeah, and that 394 is about what you you thought going in the car would run, or was that a little um, better or slower than what you thought? Well, it was actually on three systems. It was actually a little bit quicker. Uh, since we uh, got everything straightened out on it, I was looking for it to go at 96, and it went at 94, and then... Then the heat come in, and I mean it was blistering hot, and we fought, fought rain all weekend. And yeah, uh, after we got qualified, a real good friend of mine, Tim and Ricky Monar, me and him have been trying to get on opposite sides of the ladder forever. And uh, when that happened, uh, you know he parked right by us, and all we socialized all weekend, and we we said right then that, that we was going to end up in the final, and they first round up. Uh, I had Donnie Urban. He's one of the best in the business. And me and him, we've had, seems like no matter where we go, me and him got each other first. <laughs> right. And, uh, I, uh, he got in a little trouble when the converter locked up. And like I went down and killed some. And I couldn't. I would have been one above on that run. Uh, yeah. We both real good on the street. Yeah, you were, you were a 10, I think, and he was an 11. And just yeah, to but, just to set the stage for for our listeners that don't know, you you ultimately qualified tenth uh, in that sixteen car field, and Tim was ninth. He ran he runs a yeah, three ninety three and to your three ninety four. So 
so that worked out. You guys did put yourself on opposite sides of the ladder, um, which was which was fortuitous then. Um, and like you said, then you get you get uh, by Donnie Urban what looked like a great race uh, up front, and then uh, Donnie had some problems. Yes, sir. And then the next round, I run uh, Jeremy Creaseman, which, like I say, in the class we play in, there is no ducks. I mean, right. everybody's there, seasoned racers, just been racing for years and years and years. And uh, he uh, he went, I don't know, three or four thousand red, and I was having issues. Mine, it blew a EGT, you know, how to crack around the, the daggone sensor, and it blew it out. And I heard it when I done a burnout, and I'm like, this crazy thing's knocking, you know, and I backed up, I was listening, I'm listening, and by this time, you know, I'm aggravated. I'm like, I'm putting it in the beams. If it blows up, it blows up. <laughs> so anyway, I put it in there, and when I matted it, it went away, and I I was dog late, and Donnie went red, and I went, I think, dead on with a three or something like that. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. So you were, you were dialed in 94, and you went dead on 394 with a zero. Uh, even yeah. without that EGT sensor. So, I mean, that had to be right. a relief when you get back to the to the trailer and realize that, you know, nothing's knocking except for that dumb sensor. Yeah, well, Don, I, you know, I felt plumb bad because, I mean, I was like 70 or something like that on the tree, and Jeremy come over and said, man, don't worry about it, because I wouldn't have made the run anyway. We was fighting rain, and they stuck the hood back on the car to cover everything up, and uh, it put fuel in it. That oh. I wouldn't have been able to make the pass anyway, you know. Man, but, uh, it was just my weekend, you know. And I come back around next round. I got Randy Perkins, which is which is real good. And, sure. Uh, and he uh, and I'm, you know, I don't know if you ever run Virginia, but in the evening, that daggone sun in the left in the right lane, you looking straight into it. And uh, daggone, I missed the tree again, but I I was on a '93 dial and run down and went dead on three and randy broke out by a few thousands the old car pulled me out again but yeah it was I'm nasty to, to the final to, i'm going to the final to to meet him just like we planned it and you know, it was a good race uh, i think i was 14 he was 15 right and i i run down and, and he went you know a little bit under but it was just a, a good weekend. I really needed that because I've struggled and just I'm too I'm not smart enough to quit. I just uh, <laughs> I just keep banging and banging, you know. And I mean that it was just my day. When I needed luck, I got it. When I needed, you know, good runs, I laid it down. And like I told old buddy of mine that I won't ever forget, uh, Ronnie Davis. Uh, I miss him, boy. He'd love what's going on with this sport now. Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, he won Gainesville, I think, at the Gator Nationals, and he just, same thing. I mean, he was 40, 50 on the tree every run, and he was beating himself up. And I told him, I said, Ronnie, I said, oh, you you ain't got to be double O. You just got to be better than the guy in the other line. I'm <laughs> right. Mean, that's right. You, know, you ain't got to be double O ever run. That's a that's a great that's a great point, Bruce. It's a great point. And, yeah. and to be fair, we probably don't um, – we don't speak probably enough about Ronnie, um, you know, and because uh, uh, he was so good to the, to the sport, especially top sportsman. And um, so, yeah, uh, Ronnie Davis, anytime, um, you know, we have a chance to probably mention him and what he's did for the sport, we probably should. So thank you for bringing that up. When I got when I got my car redone after my crash, when I painted it, 
before it ever even went to the track. Ronnie's sticker was the first sticker that went on. Yeah. I mean, he he was, I mean, Ronnie, he, he demanded perfection. I mean, he made everybody better. I mean, a lot of people didn't know how to take Ronnie. But Ronnie, he just like he liked you or didn't like you. If you would be do, doing wrong, he'd be the first one up there in the tower straightening it out. Right. You know, yeah. uh, like I say, he, he made everybody better. I always like those guys. Perfection. Yeah, I always oh, like yeah. those guys. I mean, I, I know that's kind of gotten out of favor with the world we live in right now. But I want to know exactly where a guy stands. And and once I know that, that's fine. Yeah. Like, whatever it is, it's fine. But I, but I don't like the guys where I don't know where they stand. Well, see, I think that's the reason he loved me so much. I mean, he'd come down there, you know, and I'd give him a fit. You know, he'd come down, he'd look in my trailer, and uh, me and him's running right there together. And he'd go in there, and he was claiming I was running three systems, and I wasn't. You know, but anyway, he'd go in there and look at my computer, and I'd ride by his trailer, his computer open. I'd go in there, and he'd shut the computer. He said, I was on, too. I said, oh, Ronnie, I said, it's your lie. You tell it like you want to. But he had shut his computer, so I couldn't see his voltmeter. <laughs> right, right. There you go. Ah, that's you, great you stuff. Know, we was running about the same ET, but he was running like five or six more mile per hour than I was which tells me he's on three systems. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, yeah, you you did it this weekend. I mean, that was um, that that was fantastic. I mean, you know, listen, you you got to be there every round and you just got to like you said right. get get through the next one, get to the next one, advance and move on. And you did it and uh, you know, you hoist the trophy at the end of the day. That's that's got to feel good because you've been working your butt off on this thing and um you know, like, uh, does that, that motivate you for the rest of the season then? Yes, sir. I mean, they, uh, like I say, I missed, uh, Norwalk. I had to go to Pennsylvania to pick up a machine for my panel machine for work. And I drove 29 hours in two days and I'd ha- I done had my clothes packed and everything in the motorhome, but I just decided not to do that to myself to jump in the motorhome and drive another 15 hours. Right. And then uh, Bud Creek, I missed it because grandson's birth, one-year birthday party was at my house, which that's more important than anything. And uh, I stayed there for that and then showed up at Virginia. Like I say, when I left the house, I was on a mission. Uh, I had new help. I had my grandson and Connor Johnson with me, which he's been around motors, you know, all his life. And he's a real seasoned racer, but it's just going around in a donut. And uh, <laughs> you ain't got to worry. And uh, that put me more involved in the car and all and uh i done you know the computer i done all the tuning myself which before i just you know tell my guy what to do i mean you know, like i done all of it and the car it was good i mean i don't know that old hot rod i got it it's just crazy how good that thing is i mean the track was 137 138 degrees right and uh it go right down through there just straight as a train yeah, so if if uh, all you have to do is worry about fixing that sensor, then you're in good shape. Yes, sir. I took and put a clamp over it and uh, to get back home, and I welded up, uh, like I say. Uh, but when it started, I just knew, you know, because all the trouble I've had with the motor, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and uh, I backed up. At this time, I'm like, I'm putting it in the beams. If it blows up, it blows up. You know, so I staged it. When the tree coming down, I went to the mat, and of course, I'm looking for it to lock up, and, you know, I'm 70. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
No, that's a, uh, that's but, great. Well, good for you. Um, really um, happy for you because I know you've been working hard to make that, you know, get that um, going back in the right direction. And uh, certainly appreciate you coming back on and giving us a little bit of color behind the weekend because uh, the the data is one thing, but the uh, the emotions are another. So appreciate you kicking us off with uh, this this very first change in uh, you know the half track report. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me, brother. Like I say, it's a it's a tough game we play. Man, no doubt you did it at an extremely high high level, ladies and gentlemen. Your winner of your PDRA summer shootout in elite top sportsman, Bruce Thrift. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just one minute and bring on a dude who does a fantastic job of bringing you the action. He, You might recognize him from his handle, the NC Promoter. Please welcome to the show, Jay Warren. Jay, how are you today, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. I'm really excited to talk drag racing with you guys for the next couple of minutes. Well, well, thanks for joining us. I mean, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about... Um, how you first started, you know, first got to the track and doing what you do. Well, when I was a teenager growing up in Lynchburg, Virginia, I met a, a what I'll call now a dear friend. He was actually probably one of the greatest racers from that area that had ever been, Mr. Aubrey Elliott. He took me under his wing. I was the, uh, I guess I was the pit gal that they use the B-I-T-C-H word for now. I was a teenager sure. and he worked me to death. I was free labor, and I learned a lot about racing, and he was really good. We went to the winter circle a lot. We traveled and traveled, and that's what exposed me to drag racing. Uh, went off to college, got married, got away from the sport. I guess it was 2015. My wife looked at me one day. Our youngest son was on a computer, and she said, you have got to get him out of the house. So... I don't live very far from Galat Motorsports Park, so they used to have a pro mod show on Thursday, first Thursday of the month called the Mad Mule. So we got him down there. We got him interested. A couple weeks later, we go to the Chevy, Super Chevy show in Rockingham. I'd seen some guys. They invited me up to the starting line. And I had some alcohol dumped on me and came home with a face full of rubber. And I came home and told my family, I've got to figure out how I can do this anytime I want to do it. And, this thing started out being a Carolina kid pro mod chaser. I typed that about three times and that company was out of business because I'm not a good typer. So then we did a little word play with NC pro modder and hopefully one day we can be NC pro motor as well. So that's just how this all got started. And it's just grown and grown. I've found that I've learned all the racers and I'm very good at live streaming and announcing. And that's just our forte to drag racing. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're, um, going to these events. Um, if someone is following you on Facebook, they can check out the live events and, and you're, I mean, you're really giving people some up close and personal views of the track. Yeah. We spent a lot of money on cell phone service. I just bought a Starlink, uh, my own, uh, internet to take with me trackside where cell service is hard. I try to keep the best, uh, Apple iPhones, 
that we can uh, try to give a great picture. We do use a uh, DGI gimbal for uh, video stabilization. That helps a lot. Uh, I've been blessed with the gift of gab. I know all these racers. I know the products they're running. I know their sponsors. It's just like watching it on the NHRA TV with the pro modders calling us in. Absolutely. Um, that, that it's funny you, you brought up Arby Elliott, and, and that was one of my childhood heroes uh, growing up around here and going to Eastside Speedway. I used to watch him as a kid racing every weekend, so I'm sure we crossed paths at some point. Um, yeah, we were I track camping many, many years up there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They actually used to put a bounty on them. <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was definitely a bad dude. Definitely a bad dude. Yeah, I was with him when he transitioned from that, six, I believe it was the 67 Camaro to the uh, 65 uh, open-top Corvette that was actually built by a round-track racer. It was his first time he'd ever built a drag car, but ultimately we got it to work really good, and the winning kept on going. <laughs> Back when a big yeah, motor was 460. I remember the Go ahead. I don't know if I remember the other car. Yeah, yeah, the vet was just beautiful. And of course, he had uh, a pig pen back there with Miss Piggy, um, a puppet or a doll of Miss Piggy, and Kermit rode up on the roll bar. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Jay, you you obviously, I mean, per your name, you you follow a lot of the uh, pro mod events, but. Um, but I know you've you've been a, a lot of uh, top sportsman style events as well. Is that right? That is correct. I'll absolutely actually be live streaming the event with the Southern Outlaw Top Sportsman Series this weekend from Custom Tees Motorsports Park. Uh, we've done some events with JP and his group, Jay and our promotions. Uh, yeah, I do chase big tires a lot, and you know I just like really fast door car racing. I enjoy I enjoy all kinds of racing. To be honest with you. I've stepped away a little bit this year, not doing as much small tire and no preparation, just trying to spend more weekends at home because I think I was at 54 races last year. That was my tally for the end of the year. Well, you took your wife's uh, you know, message to heart then if you got out 54 times. Well, I was fortunate. She goes with me a lot of times. If I take the RV, she usually goes. She could probably uh, – she doesn't really care about the racing that lot, but she likes the camping lifestyle. And she's met some friends through some of the groups, and she'll sit there. Actually, sit there, and she's self-employed. She'll work all day during the day while I'm out rambling around, and so it just works for us. Uh, I'm grateful that she comes along. She's a big help. She always corrected my spelling because I'm a terrible speller. <laughs> well, you can jo- join the crowd. Uh, I'm with you on that one, my man. That's. Uh... You know, um, well, that's good then. So it works for you too. And is your boy then still involved then? Because it sounds like that was kind of the the igniter for that. Yeah, he took off with me until he, you know, he was a late teenager. But once he got his driver's license and got his own job, and dad was no longer his best option. I was getting him out of school and we were tracking around. So he's, uh, he just moved back home with us. So he's, uh, looked at some of the stuff we purchased since uh, 2018 and he said, maybe I can get him back out there because he really, he really helped me a lot with the picture taken. I'd never picked up a camera in my life. and He took that over and then he left me. So I had to figure it out. I just, the national events I'm in the way, but at the small events I do. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your schedule look like then for the rest of the year? Uh, we're getting ready to go on about a three or four week grind, mostly up north. We got 
start out at Southern Outlaw Top Sportsman this weekend at Custom Tees. Uh, the following weekend, we'll make one of our furthest treks of the year again. We are the official live stream of the Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod Association. Mm-hmm. So we'll be up at Empire Dragway. And then I think I'm just going to spend a couple days back down in Pennsylvania and head over to the PDRA race at uh, Maple Grove. And then we got another race the following weekend back at Cecil at uh, Maryland International Raceway with the Northeast. I was just found out uh, a couple days ago that starting Friday I'll be unemployed. So I'm just going to spend a little time on the road and try to figure this out, whether I can make a living at doing this or I have to grow up and concentrate more on working. So my life's a little bit in shambles and up in the air, but I just feel like it's a plan that God has laid out. And I just got to feel, find what direction the path is going to go. Well, all right. Well, then we're all about uh, solutions here at the Fast Brackets Podcast. So uh, why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about what you used to do? Um, because it, it sounds like, you know, I you know I don't know what the economic model is for the NC Pro Modder, but uh, but I'm guessing it has something to do with advertising. It was a, yeah, we have a lot of coverage partners. Uh, fourteen or fifteen this year, we get try to logo them or tag them on everything we do. But by trade, I'm a commercial printing press operator. Uh, COVID was not good to the company I work with. Uh, the building was sold. The new owner quadrupled the lease, and they just decided it was in their best interest to close. This the company's been in business going on 58 years, so that was a hard decision. But it is what it is. So I just got to gotta play my hand, and hopefully I'll come out on top. All right, so if we've got any commercial printers out there that are listening to the show, um, yeah, holler at Jay because it sounds like you've had a, you got a lot of experience in that world. Is that right? Yes, sir. I've been doing it since I was uh, for 40 years, basically. I've been an offset pressman. So, unfortunately, I don't like to work Thursday afternoons or Friday, so it's, that's going to be a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I definitely get that. So if you have a if you have an event that you need some, some good coverage on, reach out to Jay also. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. We have probably we have probably the best rates for an event of anybody. I mean, we don't have a huge following on Facebook. We're working on uh, over a little over twenty nine thousand. Working on thirty thousand, but. You know, in a month's time, we'll reach anywhere between 400,000 and 850 or 900,000 people. So our goal is to reach 5 million people this year, and I think we're 75% of the way there. We've still got some major, major races coming up where we'll be the exclusive live streamer. So we should be able to make it. Uh, our coverage partners, you know, we get a flat fee from everybody. We, that's why we do take pictures. was able to share that watermark. Uh, we do have some technology to stream their watermark sometime if the service is good enough. Hopefully the Starlink will allow us to do more and more of that. But I'm super grateful for everybody who's been behind the, the first five years. I'll just tell you what, I could have bought a beautiful bass boat or even a 470 race car for the money we spent getting going. But, yeah. you know. Let's talk some top sports and racing and stop talking about the pro models. No, I, I get it. Uh, well, I, you, you say 5 million people. I mean, that's a pretty impressive number. Um, you know, I, I talk, I spend a lot of time during the day talking about the size of the drag racing market. And uh, 5 million people is, a, is an impressive number, Jay. So I, I like it. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, rooting you on to get there. Especially for somebody that just showed up out of the work, woodwork in 2017. People were real skeptical. Some of the major uh, media players that did what he did, did what I he did kind of what I did. They said, you'll, they told me I'd never succeed, so that just fueled the fire to 
try to prove them long, wrong, and it has worked. Yeah, I know. Well, good for you. And, um, yeah, so if people are, are say, hey, I, I like that idea, but I, you know, I haven't um, checked you out yet, what's the, what's the best way for people to check you out? Uh, probably our main form of social media is uh, NC Pro Modder, the NC Pro Modder Co. on Facebook. Uh, we do try to upload videos that we produce on a weekend up to our YouTube channel, which is also NC Pro Modder. Don't do nearly enough on Instagram, but it's just time management. You know, most I have to be at work at 530 in the morning. There's a lot of Sunday nights that I'll spend the night in the parking lot of my job because I have an RV because I don't get home till one or two o'clock in the morning. That's another hour home and hour back to get to work. So that'll change. So we'll have to figure that out. That'll either get better or worse. <laughs> right. And, and you uh, do anything on TikTok? No, I have not done that. I got enough short videos. I probably really should. I'm probably costing myself money by not doing it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get you a TikTok dance, Jay. A TikTok dance. Maybe I, maybe I can get up there and sing with Gary Yoki one night when I get good. Right, <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I uh, haven't. Singing tonight. I put. Go ahead. Well, I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't figured out the algorithm, but what I will say is that uh, TikTok is is tailor made for drag racing, in my opinion, and because it is quick, and we can quickly show our videos. So, I mean, I, I think it's tailor made for drag racing and girls to shake their rear ends. I mean, I think that's what it's made <laughs> hey. for, right? I mean, I think that's exactly what it's made for. So, if we had maybe yeah, backup I girls doing that, I think it would be a perfect thing. Yeah, I probably so. I probably should start filming more of that. That's what I love about the Gasser series is I always got pretty girls or women that are dressed up, flaunting, you know, high heels, short mini skirts. I just I love that whole. I love to see women do that. You know, some of the tight prep tracks we work on. That's probably not a good idea, but right, it's fun to see. <laughs> well, it was it was part of the deal back in the day, right? That was just that was part of the yeah. action. It was part and, of the show. Yes, and uh, yeah, and we we got to figure out how to get that back because I think. Uh, you know, if we can, if we're, if TikTok is telling us anything, is it that drag racing and, uh, you know, backup girls are the perfect combo. So we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. And I think, you know, as far as motorsports and drag racing, I think some of the promoters get lost on this. This is, we are the entertainment business. We're just entertaining people in a different way with shooting cars down the racetrack. So, you know, the Absolutely. more smoothly and speedily a race runs that can keep the crowd engaged. I mean, just like the poor NMCA yesterday, they had rain to start with. The first hour, there was three oil downs that knocked them down another hour. The rain came back. You know, it was not a good span spectator day. <laughs> right. No, you're you're absolutely right. And sometimes we have to deal with that. So we got to figure out how to keep the fans engaged. And um, you know, so so uh, thank you for what you do um, in terms of that. I mean, that's uh, and but Facebook is for the most part how how people would follow you, right, Jay? Yeah, that, that's my main form of uh, social media reach is Facebook. I'm trying to grow a YouTube channel, but it's all about, you know, trying to stay married, trying to work, trying <laughs> to keep a house up. It's just like a routine. Get home on Sunday night, pack. Tuesday, I'm starting thinking about leaving again. So it's yep. just like there's not enough hours in the day. That's <laughs> gotta, right. Got to find that balance. Well, you yeah. travel You travel quite a bit then, Um 
talk to us about, you know, and you know a lot of the racers out there on the East Coast. Tell me who your what your favorite race car going right now is. I'm not going to answer that question because they're all my favorite as long as they can put on a good show and get down to the other end in one piece. I mean, it's okay to see one backfire and blow up every now and then. But those guys, it really bothers and hurts me when I see someone have a misfortune because they've all become such allies, friends. You know, I try not to pick any favorites. I have a few deep personal favorites for some racers that have been very generous to me over the years that I always root for. But I just want them to put on a show for the fans, long, smoky burnouts, fire coming out of the nitrous cars, a blow a car so loud you think your head's going to fall off, and then just scream down a racetrack. <laughs> no, that's, that's a very politically correct answer, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, do you have a body style you, you really uh, have um, admired or fallen in love with? Well, I guess I... Our logo was a, a Willis. I thought when I picked it out, it was a Willis body. But after talking to Tommy Mooney one day, he said it was a, a one-off creation that he had built. Because he said, I looked at that window and looked at that window. I believe they said it was some kind of 47 or 49 Ford that he had narrowed the body up and put a, put that window in. So he said, that's exactly what that is. If you look here, it's not a true Willis. So I was like, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, the, the, uh, those are those are pretty cool cars. I mean, if you're going for the cool factor. But I'm factor. definitely into the – in Pro Mod, I'm definitely into the nostalgia body style. I wish they would give them more of a weight break to bring those old cars back because it's just nothing worse than seeing 10 or 15 new body style Camaros. And I understand why they run them. They do have an aerodynamic advantage, a couple numbers. And, you know, those guys are numbers a couple hundred thousand dollars at some point in time. Right. Well, you know, um, I did hear um, last week that there was talk of kind of a nostalgia pro mod class that people were, you know, kind of talking about putting together and that um, a series was considering adding to the the rotation. And, you know, it'd weigh a little bit more and... um, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be any liberties or anything like that. And I was like, man, it sounded like that was a pretty fun class. And I, I would guess a nostalgia pro mod class would would get a lot of eyeballs and a lot of racers out there. Yeah, because there's a lot of race cars sitting on projects around here that, you know, can run 380, 390s in the 8-mile trim, but they just can't run 370s. And now you got to run 360s consistently to be right. a competitor. So I would like to see something like that. I'm not opposed to bringing a clutch back. I mean, nothing better than somebody grabbing gears. (laughs) Right. Well, anything we can do to put driving back in the mix, I think is good for the sport, right? I mean, and and trust me, I get it. That that makes it tougher. And especially when we're running classes like top sportsman, top dragster, we try to take that out of the, you know, the equation. But man, if you can make it more of a driver, um, you know, put it more in the driver's hands, then uh, I think that's good. I think all that stuff is a positive. Yeah, you know, top sportsman, top dragster, I was watching some of the race from up in Virginia this weekend. It's just, it just amazes me to think that these guys can put anywhere from a, a four to a ten pack up every single run, no matter what the conditions are, what time of day it is. It's just 
you know, top sports and racing is you just have to be on your A game every single run. Yeah, you're gonna, you always need that one lucky round win to probably get an event win. But top sports and racing, top drags are racing. You know, it's just become so competitive. It's not all about the speed. It's all about the magic numbers. The, the equipment is so good. It's it's everybody's dead on consistent. I mean, if you make it in and you got. 32 or whatever cars that, that can go dead on every round, and it's, it's tough. It's definitely tough. It's why we love it, guys. It's why it's absolutely why we love it, but the competition yeah. is amazing. Well, Jay, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time tonight. Uh, one more time for anybody listening, what, what's the best way for them to check you out? Uh, just do a Google search, NC Pro Monitor. That should drive you to our uh, – facebook page or our website unfortunately i did build that website myself so it shows uh hopefully that's in the budget at some point in time to get somebody to really spruce that up and get us up to the uh upper level of the media class you know this thing started out five years ago i said oh we get a thousand two thousand followers you know get some good trackside coverage and it's just it's just imploded in itself you know the growth is tremendous these guys get back to their pits and their phones blown up because their family's watching, their friends are watching, their sponsors are watching. It's just, it's really, it's scary and it's overwhelming at the same time as being such a small, I'll just say a one-man operation of the reach that one person can uh, achieve if he really puts his mind to it and uh, just really puts a lot of effort and time into it. I'm just super grateful for the support of all the organizations that let us come and stream. You know, unfortunately, PDRA, we can't do it anymore, but they gave us a break. We got started with them, so I'll always be indebted to the group over at PDRA. We just uh, try to find a little bit way different way to cover the race when we go there. And, you know, live stream is their thing. If you want somebody's having an event and they want it live stream, want the world to see it, then we're your guy. Love it. I love it. Um, yeah, check that out for sure. Definitely do awesome job. Jay, thanks for coming on. Um, We wish you well. And, um, yeah, uh, appreciate the hard work that you're putting out there. And uh, go get them the rest of the year, huh? And good luck with with everything. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's going to work out. You know, we're going to take a break. We're going to hit three or four races in a row, get back in our groove. Uh, You know, life throws you a curveball. You just got to be ready to play catch. And I'm ready to play catch and see what the future holds, good, bad, or endeavor. If this run comes to an end, I know that I put my heart and soul in it and did the best I could, and nobody can ever take that away from me. Man, that's the right way to do it, too. That is absolutely the right way to do it. Guys, girls, that is Jay Warren or NC Promoter if you need him. All right, as we hit the mile per hour cone... JP, let's talk about some good stuff. I mean, we kind of hit the tough stuff that's going on in racing early. Let's talk about some good stuff. And starting it off, give a lot of credit to the association. They have done a pretty good job with uh, Steve Torrance, Matt Hagen, and Jordan Vandergriff. First of all, Steve Torrance gets nominated for the ESPN ESPY for Driver of the Year. Had a fantastic year in top fuel. I mean, by all accounts, was the most dominant driver that was nominated. 
That said, you know, it gets to be a little popularity contest and things like that. But, you know, he was in there. So that's good. I mean, it's good for the sport. Anytime we have a driver Absolutely. nominated for the SB, right? I, uh, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how to vote, to be honest with you, that stuff. But uh, maybe someday. Anything we can do to get drag racing, you know, more to the mainstream is always good, in my opinion. That's exactly right. And that's what, you know, they did that with Steve Torrance and the SB. And I don't know how much back, you know, room dealing you have to do to get him on that list. Um, but, you know, Matt Hagan throws out the first pitch at the Rockies game. And we know Erica Enders has done that before at uh, Astro Games when they run down to Houston. So that's great. And maybe yep. one of the best things, I think, and you know, uh, don't ask me, um, this is not my area of expertise, but how about Jordan Vandergriff getting on the bachelorette? I mean, Oh, wow. That's, that's huge. I'm not a, I don't, I don't follow the bachelorette, but I guess that's, um, that's huge for, I guess to have a drag race on it. I know a lot of, a lot of people probably watch that on prime time. I think it's a pretty popular show right are you telling me you've never given out the the rose um i that I'm, deal? I'm not a I, no um <laughs> I, i'm married so i don't really have a whole lot of interest <laughs> in bachelorettes um so, <laughs> i i think i would have killed it i think i would absolutely actually jordan and i don't know how far they're into the recording but jordan get at me i can give you some tips i would have absolutely killed it on the bachelorette all you got to do is act like she's um incredibly special and uh you know just just really go over the top and then you know you can get uh just give out the rose it's it's good that's uh we, so we gotta get you in the, there maybe that's the mission for the for the fast brackets podcast is get rex on the on the bachelorette I, i'm gonna be honest i think i'm aged out of the <laughs> bachelorette uh pool <laughs> <laughs> that said, um, if if there's an like a senior tour for Bachelorette, I mean, if that's the you know, then they do, don't they do that for the golf? They do a senior tour. If they do a yeah. senior tour um, for the Bachelorette, I'm in there, and um, I, I would you know, I'm dating a great girl, so I'm not worried about that. But I uh, okay, I will say this: no, I would no do it. Well, I would just do it just because I would I would well, I like to compete. JP, I just want to compete, and I want to, I want to prove that I, I still got it in some weird way. But uh, yeah, uh, this derailed this this conversation completely derailed. And I'll just say this: I think it's good for drag racing if Jordan Vandergriff wins or at least has a few a little bit of run on the Bachelorette. Holy goodness gracious! Yeah, okay. I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna watch the Bachelorette, but I'm, I'm rooting for Jordan Vandergriff to win. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go, man. All right. Let's thank you for the NHRA for doing. I'm assuming they did some back office things. Let's hope they did and uh, and help the cause. But uh, what about some on track action, JP? That's been good. Uh, speaking of mile per hour cone, that's their, our segment. The Vortex Superchargers did the Fast Four competition at the Jegs Speed Week, uh, which was which was the first two qualifiers in the first round of qualifications ran off uh, in both classes, top sportsman, top dragster. And the way I understood it, it was 1500 bucks to win, and they did that in Sweet. Q2. So, I mean, really, talk about stepping up from Vortec. I thought that was nice. 
Oh, yeah. Always nice to, to run for a little bit of extra money and give them guys a little bit of extra incentive, you know, to come out and, and, and race hard. Um, that's that's great. Uh, that, that's awesome for Vortec to do that and, and, and put the money up and let these guys kind of go out and qualify and, and, and mix it up. And I mentioned I'm getting older, so I've forgotten who won that now. But uh, but what I will say is that, you know, for our classes, I think that gives a little bit of extra to, especially on the NHRA side, to really get after it because, you know, this year's been tough. Um, and I don't think anybody yeah. is anybody's going to dispute that. But having full fields changes the game in top sportsmen and top dragster when there aren't full fields. And for Vortec to do that, I thought that was fantastic. And I think they're going to do that at a couple other events throughout the rest of the season. So I probably need to do That's a little good. more research. Yeah, but uh, nicely done for the folks at Vortex. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else do we have? What else do we have that's going on that's really good? Uh, let's see. We're coming up on uh, let's see. Uh, this week coming up, will the PDRA will have their their Pro Star event um at Virginia Motorsports Park. Uh, the Pro Stars kind of came about last year. Um, it's kind of a mid season. I would liken it to an All Star race. Uh, it's a free entry race that takes the top eight in points in each class and uh kind of pairs them for a unique three-round race and the winners and the elite top sportsman, top dragster, regular top sportsman, and regular top dragster. Um, and they're going to race for, I think it's four grand. So a lot of good money up on the line. Um, last season was the first year they did it. Uh, I think that uh, last season they, they had top sportsmen and top dragster running each other. And as I understand it, this season, every class is going to run for a separate purse. So you'll have elite running elite and top sportsman and top dragster, and you'll have the regular, what they call the regular top sportsman, top dragster, right, running each other. So it won't be mixed up with dragsters and door cars. It'll be all dragsters and all door cars. Uh, it looks like going into um, going into the first Virginia race, you had a couple guys that were kind of on the fence, and 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 they just got in. Um, I know in top sportsman regular that there were two guys at least that I know of that that made it in you know strictly off of what how they did it at the at the first Virginia race and that was uh I want to say that was uh Karsten Nyergis and uh I want to say Robbie Crenshaw okay um, and actually it looks like in in the elite top dragster the top eight are going to be Larry Roberts, Peter Midori, Michael White, Kathy Fitcher, uh, Steve Furr, Russ Whitlock, Cal Harris, and Victor, and excuse me if I say this wrong, Paluga, Paluga, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce his, his last name. So That's right, yeah. Um, uh, regular top draft is going to be last year, uh, let's see, Nick Maloney, Dickie Smith, Sammy Helms, Stacey Hall, Blake Denton, Ricky Molinar, Shannon Roberts, and David Procheski. It's another one. Okay. I guess every everybody who's in eighth place is going to have a hard last name to pronounce. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, so shout out to those guys. Um, and let's see. An elite top sportsman. It looks like uh, it's going to be Donnie Urban, Buddy Perkinson, Chris Nairges, Tim Molinar. Tim Molinar, 
Henry Underwood, Jeremy Creaseman, Cheyenne Stanley, and Steve Jarnikowski. I actually got that one right. So, is is Steve's car? Um, is he is he ready to run? Do we know? Um, I know he had an issue sure. early in the year. Uh, I don't remember seeing him at Virginia. I I hope he's got that car back because that was a pretty yeah, no, pretty, yeah, pretty car. Yeah, Virginia. This is this is this is off of. He's in the eighth, so this is off of. Uh, okay. This is off of what he did from and 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 the points accumulated from last year to this year. Um, so that's when they started. So this is off of what he did through through those races. So I don't I don't I'm not sure if he's back there or not. Yeah. His car's back there or not. So hopefully he can. Hopefully he can make it. Right. If not, I, they got a couple of alternates. Um, on the regular top sportsman, uh, defending world champ Mick, Nick Maloney. Uh, Joe Rubichek, Jeff Milnick, Stacey Hall, Glenn Tisa Third, Robbie Crenshaw, Doug Crumlidge, and Carson Niagara. And that rounds out your top eight. So it ought to be a good race. Um, and like I said, it's a free event it's, um, for, for all classes. And, and, of course, they run the other classes, too. And I think they have a 64-car bracket shootout as well. Um, yep. They're going to have a concert. So there'll be – I know – I think headlining is PJ North, and there's a couple other guys, two other artists, I think. So it ought to be a fun deal. I think they have a Jet Dragster. And That's some, right. Uh, some Will Standers. So it ought to be a, a good a good deal for the fans. That'll be a good show this weekend. I love it. I mean, it, you're right. It is the all-star game of that series, and they do it first class and top-notch. They bring in the music. They, you know, it's, Like I said, it's a free event for those guys. They run for good money. Man, that is awesome. I, I love everything yeah. about that. That's a, it's it's great, and it, and that's uh, I think it's definitely something that we need more of in drag racing with the, just bringing in you know the the jet cars and the wheel standers and and and, and the concerts and, and and it gives you know gives the fans something to do, um, not you know besides just sitting there watching drag racing all day, which. I mean, I could sit and watch drag racing all day, but you know, sometimes you, you need something to break it up. So it's it's kind of cool to, to have a concert deal going and you know bring back a little bit more excitement. I agree. Now that's a lot of good action that we've got in the sport of drag racing. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 101. Man, want to win. And there it is. There's the win light. And, of course, there's Brannigan. The theme song, Gloria. We love it. JP, we love it, don't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, classic all right guys girls we had a great week this week we had tremendous guests on we had kellen farmer came back on from race tech um, and then jay warren from nc pro modder man great guests they weren't they yes uh two great guys um a lot of a lot of good back and forth with those guys and, and enjoy talking to them yeah that was great stuff and um Appreciate you coming on, JP, as well. Uh, it was This was a lot of fun. This was maybe one of the most fun episodes I've had recording in a long, long time. So appreciate you. I had a great time. I, I thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity. 
Guys, girls, if you've got comments, questions, or curse words, you know there are a couple ways to get at us. You can hit us on the Facebook page using Messenger. You probably can uh, find JP and I outside trying to cool off, maybe, uh, you know, under the water hose, etc., something like that. And then you can hit us on the email, fastbrackets at outlook.com. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. episode 101 um i'm thinking right off the top of my head though uh why do we have to wait 100 episodes to get kellen back <laughs> we have him a little more often that's that's a fair question chris kellen was fantastic um yeah we and I, just for the record there's no ban on him like he can't only come every 100 episodes but uh you know he he did he does do a nice job when he gets back on kellen he? does a heck of a job um and he basically said that 2023 uh, Elite Top Dragster Championship was his. So. My man called his shot. Yeah. I mean, didn't he Everybody else is just racing for second place, I guess. Yep. I mean, we're uh, – you know what? I do love it. I do love that, actually. I mean, we very few guys that, uh, you know, go Babe Ruth and call their, call their own shot, and he did it. And – you know, I'm, he's capable of backing it up. So I, I, oh, yeah. I love him pushing the chest out a little bit. Absolutely. I, I'd like to see more of that, <laughs> honestly, in racing. Yeah, I mean, we, I think there's a little bit of it, um, and you get this. We, we have so much respect for the guys in the other lane because we know what it takes. We don't we don't jibber-jab like the other sports do, and, and really that helps the cause a little bit. So <clears> – <throat> Yeah, I, I love him calling this shot. I just absolutely love it. Today's episode was brought to you by AFCO Racing Products. For over three decades, AFCO Racing Products has focused on one goal. Deliver high-quality racing products to those who compete to win. In drag racing, you only get one chance to get it right. Choosing quality components from the start leads to round wins and ultimately leads to championships. At AFCO Racing Products, they engineer, manufacture, and produce four-way shocks, struts, and double-adjustable shocks, complemented by a complete lineup of springs to support the entire range of drag racing competitors. If you are bracket racing today and future plans include top dragster or top sportsman, they have the correct shock package for you at every stage of your racing career. For tech support, quality and superior on-track performance, think AFCO Racing Products.